Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. <laughs> Sean's looking a lot like Johnny Depp these days. He's very handsome. Uh, <laughs> okay. For Halloween, I was thinking about like going extra swarthy and being a pirate. Dude, that's great. Dude, yes. Are you being serious? Yeah. That's a great idea. Right. Okay. Well, anyway. So, welcome to Petri Dish. Today, we're going to do a COVID update. Uh, there's still a pandemic. It's, I mean, you forgot, I forgot. <laughs> uh, but we're actually still in the throes of a major global pandemic. Yep. And there is some really interesting news that's just come out about hopefully the future of successfully combating or overcoming the pandemic. Right. In a potentially really big step, the FDA advisory board gave the okay for the Pfizer vaccine for kids ages 5 to 11. So we're going to talk about that. Right. And then also one of the uh, big pharma companies out there, Merck, came out with a... Uh, Merck. Merck. <laughs> Merck. <laughs> they only got one vowel. I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's just Merck. <laughs> My favorite company, Merck. <laughs> By eventually. <laughs> I like a bit, a little bit of both. See, the problem is one listener liked that accent, and then you it's just gone straight to your head. Um, okay, but yeah. Yeah, and they, they came out with a drug that, from some clinical results, seems to suggest that it's really good at preventing hospitalization and death. And so we're going to talk about that one, too. Okay, guys, so jabbing kids and taking drugs on this episode of Petri Dish COVID Update. Okay, well, Mr. Shaw. No, Mr. Shaw sounds like like a like a like a slave parody for some reason. I, well, also that accent didn't yeah. help, but yeah, I agree with you. No, no, I'm doing a white Cajun person. <laughs> I'm doing an Asian Cajun person, like the new indie film uh, about an Asian. Uh, yeah, I got you. Drummer. I'm the racist. Yeah, I'm no, the problem here. I didn't say that. I heard you. No one's racist. <laughs> uh, oh, oh my god! One second. Ooh, my duodenum. You got the heartburn. It felt like a rib was up against my duana and was like, that man. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> You're not doing so great. I gotta cut this episode short, guys. Meet tomorrow. No, no, just kidding. That's good stuff. We keep that. All right. <gasps> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sean, the FDA has recently debated jabbing the kids. Yes. With the COVID vaccine. Which COVID vaccine? The Pfizer. Okay. That's one of the mRNA nanoparticle ones. And so when you vaccinate children above the age of five, what percent of them die? Not very many. Very, 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 very few. Yeah. Do any? Uh, I mean, during like the clinical trial, you mean? Yeah. None of them 
had severe adverse events. Okay, so this vaccine, good for kids. It's like Tang in space, right? <laughs> uh, just chock full of vitamins. So it must have been a unanimous vote for the FDA, right? So the end result of the vote was that it was 17-4 and one abstention in terms of saying, let's go ahead and approve this vaccine for children aged 5 to 11. Okay. okay. And so keep in mind, 12 and up, everyone is already approved for using the Pfizer vaccine, okay? So it's it, this is just the group 5 to 11 right now. And then kids younger than 5, Pfizer actually has another clinical trial all the way down to 6 months old, right? So the, they're really trying to cover their bases here right? and be able to be approved for as many people as possible. But the 17, 4, and 1 abstention actually covers up the fact that like there was a really rigorous debate about this vaccine right. being approved for this age group. Okay? Right. It's like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are allowed, but there's actually 12 Democrats who are afraid of raising taxes for rich people. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. So the thing is that a lot of that debate centered around them kind of wanting to approve it in a more limited way. Right. So there were a lot of people that were like, oh, we don't know if we want to approve this for use for all like 28 million kids in this age group in the United States. Okay, and part of that reason is because kids are less likely to be hospitalized and are less likely to die from COVID. Like that is definitely true. They're an age group where that risk is extremely, or is pretty low. Right. Okay. And then an additional consideration is that the vaccine does have a rare adverse event that has been showing up in younger people, particularly adolescent boys. But- that's also a good thing, right? Because you want to get rid of adolescent boys? Hey, I'm glad you finished the thought. You, <laughs> you said it, not me. Uh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I mean, of all the types of people <laughs> that we could use less of, right? We were once these boys. I mean, has no one learned the lessons of Dennis the Menace? <laughs> wow, yeah. Right? That guy was a terrorist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Malcolm terrorist. in the Middle. Yeah, or Problem Child. Uh, all of these, if, if there's anything that the 80s taught us. Yeah, yeah. It's that male boys... They're dangerous. They're bad. But we are... Paris from the Iliad? We are unfortunately making light of an actual medical situation here. So oh, okay, okay. Um, young adolescent boys that got the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines, there was a very rare adverse event that happened in a small percentage of them. A condition called myocarditis and a condition called pericarditis. Okay, okay. okay? Myocarditis is when you have inflammation of your heart muscle. And pericarditis is when you have inflammation of sort of the tissue surrounding your heart. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, these don't just happen from this vaccine. You can get myocarditis and pericarditis from a lot of different things. Right. Um, like not praying enough. <laughs> All these young boys need to pray more. God damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, go pray so more. So there's a bunch of different infections that can also cause these conditions and these conditions are typically characterized by chest pains feeling like your heart is racing having an irregular heartbeat okay, okay i call bullshit on all of this those boys just felt first love oh their sixth grade teachers are real cutie and they're like thumping and bumping in the chest area think, all right i think we are still however on thin ice because we are talking about people who did get sick so that's always my favorite thing to read in local news is when a young adolescent boy goes through thin ice and dies what the fuck is happening to you okay, right sorry, now sorry. how is this I happening a, i have a lot of resentments from childhood that i'm letting out a lot of self-loathing i see i see yeah so a lot of times these symptoms clear up on their own right but also doctors because this is inflammation driven in the case of the vaccines doctors can use like anti-inflammatories and 
corticosteroids and stuff like that to try to reduce that itis. Mm. Okay. You know, and like 50% of American boys are already on steroids. So it's like no harm, no foul. You know, I've been watching the World Series steroids. Nice. Okay. Um, I've been watching soccer. <laughs> Do they do steroids in that one? I don't know. I think doping, if if there is drug problems, it's more like oxygen doping, I think. Because you're like running around. You you do got to run around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo. And then you don't run around. (laughs) You stand there and be like, what? Where's the ball? Yeah. Why'd you give me the ball? But he's kind of pretty in like a weird Ken doll kind of way. It's weird because I used to think he was so handsome. And then you see the statue of him like really, really ugly. And now you can't unsee it. That statue is horrifying. Yeah. And now his mouth always looks too small. It's like like crazy what impact that statue. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. So when myocarditis and pericarditis do crop up, they typically happen a few days after your second dose of the vaccine. Okay. And it is rare. Yeah, right. it is rare. Are we talking like twenty percent of all children, or forty percent? Oh no, no, forty-five no. percent of all way, children. Way less than one percent. Okay. Way less than one percent. Like we're talking like six or something. It's probably more than. There's a good number of adolescent boys that have been vaccinated by now. Okay, but the main point is, it's not common for adolescent boys. The risks of getting sick from COVID and having issues with that is still higher than the risks of the vaccine potentially okay. causing this issue. Well, also, is transmission less likely amongst kids if you vaccinate them? Theoretically, yes. It would become less likely, although it wouldn't be stopped completely. Right, right, right. right. We found that, especially with like the Delta variant, even vaccinated people can spread the Delta variant. Right. right. But, you know, nonetheless, for... Like teenagers, the vaccine is still considered both very safe and a very good deal in terms of risk versus reward. Yeah, right? you guys know what Jimmy Coconut says. I love a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're all about great deals here. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, you know the the Pfizer clinical trial for this five to eleven age group it involved four thousand five hundred kids, and they did not see myocarditis. Yeah. But it's rarer than you would expect to see like one of those kids have it anyway. So like the trial was not big enough to capture myocarditis if it was going to come up. It kind of sounds like the sequel, doesn't it? The rarer rural juror. The rarer rural juror. Yes. <laughs> yes. Although people would need to have watched 30 Rock to get that reference. Our listenership has watched 30 Rock. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you know, the panel, they had a really rigorous debate about it. But at the end of the day... They were fairly convinced that the data said that the benefits outweighed the risks in terms of myocarditis. But still, what they're hoping is that the CDC will come out with guidelines and say, like, if your kid has these kinds of conditions or something like that, they really should get the vaccine. And then after that, you know... Like, oh, it's probably good to get the vaccine, but if you keep your kid socially distanced and stuff like that, maybe you don't need to. In all likelihood, a lot of parents are probably going to slow play this vaccine for their kids. Right. Right, realistically. Yeah, I Um, know parents. Well, I mean, it's just in general, parents have a tendency to be, you know, pretty conservative with their kids and everything like that. Parents are conservative. Okay, guys. That one's out of there. Let's uh, put a kibosh on this session. Yes. Let's take a break. And after the break. We're going to talk about some new medication, some new drugs to deal with COVID when you actually have it. Um, And then also a brief segment on something I wanted to talk about, but have now forgotten. Lucky you. Wow. (laughs) How terrifying. Because it it might creep its ugly head again. 
All right, yeah, let's take that break. Let's do this thing. Do you like food? Do you like tires? Then check out our hit new podcast, Jimmy and Giordano's Treadwell Tire Reviews. Our motto is simple. Good food, fat portions, burnt rubber. This ain't no Michelin reviews. We ain't Michelin. We're thick-blooded, Velveeta American babes here to help you find your next favorite Houty Quasini experience. Mmm, <laughs> this Floyd de Grassi is excellent. They really stuffed this goose. We give this five out of five tires. <laughs> this fellet mignon is shit. Shit! The fillet mignon has got no flavor. It's got no flavor. Two blown tires. If you're the kind of person who needs a tire company to tell you what to eat, choose the right tire company. Don't go French. Show American by joining me, Jimmy, a noted felon, and Giordano, Guy Fieri's dog walker, every Monday at Jimmy and Giordano's Treadwell Tire Restaurant, Restaurant Reviews. Alright, so as we maybe remember from recent news, people who are vaccinated but are high-risk individuals can, of course, not just still get COVID, but can suffer or die from COVID. So treatment has been something that we've wanted to shore up. And there's a new drug for treatment, so let's talk about that. Yeah, so Nathan, can you try to say this drug name for me? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, I think it's the Numenor. Yeah, 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 pretty close. Not the right starting letter, but that's okay. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, Molnupiravir. Molnupiravir. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking correct. Wow. You know, what I did with this one is I sounded it out. (laughs) (laughs) That is excellent. Okay, so tell me about Molnupiravir. Yes, Molnupiravir. (laughs) We've discussed this pharma company earlier in this episode. Merck. Yeah. Okay. Merck has some clinical trial results that they've put out a press release on. They haven't released the full trial result information yet, but it's going to be going to the FDA, and so we'll get to see it then. But their press release says that this drug, Molnupiravir, did a good job preventing hospitalization and death, specifically for people who are at high risk of severe COVID. Okay. So Molnupiravir is actually a repurposed flu antiviral that, like, didn't work that well with the flu. Right. But we were kind of throwing the kitchen sink at COVID because we needed to find something that worked. Right. And what they ended up seeing was that in this trial where specifically they found people who had COVID, their symptoms started like, you know, five days ago or so. So they were already sick. Yeah. And they had some kind of risk factor. Like they were older or they had diabetes or something like that. Okay. So in those cases, you know, they split them up, gave some of them placebos and gave some of them molnupiravir. And it reduced the people still in the hospital after a month or people who have died by 50%. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So cut that in half, right? And this is already a high-risk group. So you can imagine that potentially, you know, it might be able to help people stay out of the hospital entirely and stuff like that. Right. right? Another plus for this drug is that it's a small molecule that you can toss in a pill and take orally. Okay. Mm. So that's in contrast to like remdesivir, which you have to take intravenously. Right. But if I wanted to take this as a suppository, I could, right? I mean, they'll have that option, right? <laughs> I think it's called the Nathan option. I mean, if, yeah, if I consult <laughs> yeah. my doctor, yeah. the nuclear option is <laughs> yeah. what, I, what I call yes. it. Yes, yes. Nuke yes. me, daddy. I am positive you will be able to do that. Okay, that's good. Doctors like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> They're like always waiting for the patient 
Who says yes? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> great. Um, so remdesivir, that was a drug. That's also a small molecule antiviral mm. that got a lot of news earlier in the pandemic. Yeah, sure. And one of the things with that one is it's still not totally clear whether remdesivir works really well. Right. Because there are two trials that say yes and one bigger trial that said it didn't do anything. Right. And it's an intravenous drug. So you got to be like hooked up to an IV bag. Right? right. This one you can take orally. And so even though we only have one clinical trial's worth of data for now, hopefully we get more data and, you know, maybe this one will look good. What do you call a beautiful woman hooked up to an IV? What? Intravenous demilo. But I stole that from Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully some of our listeners haven't seen this as Spinal Tap. <laughs> well, so that just sounds witty. Yeah, you're good. You're, I don't think you should have told people that you stole it. Fuck! <laughs> um, so, and then and then also Regeneron. Yeah. Right. The Regeneron antibodies. Those ones you also have to take intravenously, right? So it oh, is really nice that, that Molnupiravir. Uh, I thought you just packed it in a fetus and then Donald Trump ate the fetus. God. <laughs> I thought it was like a turkey stuffing. Yeah, that's a really disturbing. <laughs> and Donald Trump just sucks it out of the that's, dead that's asshole. That's like truly disturbing. <laughs> 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 that's really good, but gentlemen. <laughs> just right out of that anus. We don't need to talk about Donald Trump anymore. He's dead. Okay, we, it's over. Sean, I think we know. He's ready for president 2024. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're not done with me, baby. God. <laughs> I hope that is inaccurate. <laughs> Merck is also doing a uh, trial to see if you can use the drug as a post-exposure prophylaxis. Okay, so if you remember from our HIV episodes, post-exposure prophylaxis is when you have been exposed and really soon after you've been exposed, you go and you take something to try to stop any, like, you know, few viruses that got inside you from being able to infect cells and from being able to, like, really fully infect you, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're running a trial to see if you can use this drug for that purpose that's cool which may be a really great way to you know protect even further like healthcare workers and stuff like that or teachers or people that are you know expected to be around people that might be transmitting covid yeah well this would directly impact ron DeSantis's re-election though right i mean like part of his strategy is for teachers to die off because they lean democrat <laughs> yes yeah it, it would be tough for him so this drug works by looking like the bases that the virus uses to make its RNA. Right. It looks like the U and the C nucleotides. Right. So the virus kind of takes up the drug. Right. And then the drug being in there makes the virus make a mistake in replicating its genome. Right. It's like when someone's trying to make like chocolate truffles and you sneak a little poop nuggets in there and then they eat your poop. Right. It's like that. Right. Huh. Actually, yes. Yeah, you're like, ah! It is pretty much exactly like <laughs> that. It's moving my mouth. Yeah, yeah. That's like coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. Disturbingly, that that's like pretty much accurate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. Um, so basically, this drug hypermutates COVID. Yeah. Okay, to the point where the genome is just a bunch of bullshit. Nice. And the virus can't really work anymore. Damn, dude, okay. that's cool. And this seems to work pretty well. It's interesting because remdesivir has a similar mechanism of action. Right. It also looks kind of like a nucleotide. But what remdesivir tends to do is it tends to kind of like stop the polymerase from working. Okay. So it kind of like cuts off the RNA 
at a certain point. Yeah. But that polymerase has a little bit of proofreading ability. Oh. And so it can fix some small mistakes, and maybe that's why remdesivir doesn't always work. Whereas this fucker, just like, you're messing up the building blocks. Yeah, and it's like it's like all the way through, and proofreading can't really catch it. So it just uh, really fucks up that genome. Right. It's like if you misspelled a word when I was proofreading something, but you're spelling it in Chinese. I don't even know that it's wrong. Because I'd be like, it all looks like Chinese to me. Let's cut all this out. <laughs> uh, what, what it reminds me of is, you know, like the in some pretty old-timey books, there was a... They use like different fonts and shit. Right. But they also had this one letter that like would replace maybe like an SH sound or something like that. It oh, looks like it... a big F kind of thing. Uh, or, oh, are we talking about the, the kind of B looking thing that's still in German? Because that's like still in German. Well, so there, no, we're talking about the F thing. There, there's this F thing. I'm sorry right? for breaking. That made that a lot more well, confusing than it needed to be. It doesn't really. The, the point was there were other letters that would sometimes end up being in like old timey books. Yeah. It makes it really fucking hard to read those. Right. Same kind of thing here. Uh, <laughs> you put in this like extra fucking weirdo guy and it makes it so that that RNA genome like really doesn't work out anymore. And it seems to work equally well on the different variants of COVID. Right. Like it seems to be just as effective for our kind of original variant as delta for example that's kind of cool yeah so you know it, it could be really protective in that way and help out a lot of people cool. and yeah like i mentioned the trial results they're not fully out yet we'll get to see those results once they submit their whole package to the fda for approval that's cool and so when that happens you know maybe we can be able to revisit and check to make sure that everything they said is all cool and everything like that but you know if what they said is legit this could be a really promising way to help a lot of people, especially at-risk people, survive their COVID infection. So do you think that this would also be, like, politicized by anti-vaxxers immediately? Uh, even though, like, you could imagine if COVID became endemic and a lot of restrictions were removed at the same time, this is the sort of medication that would make that possible, right? Because you'd be like, oh, I got me a whiff of COVID, and you take some pills. But, like, because it's related to COVID, do you think, like, anti-vaxxers would be like, it's the Satan, there's poop in them pills and then won't take it because it's not ivermectin. And then they're still caught in like this COVID doom spiral. Well, it's a really interesting question because a lot of those people will also like request Regeneron. Right. right. Which is actually. Know, yeah. It, it, it has an emergency use authorization from the FDA to treat COVID. So like right. it has elements of its legitimacy and actually does stuff that works. Right. They're right? deep staying it no matter what they're doing. Right. It's just so. So for some reason, you know, it's like, it's like they don't really have a coherent ideology. It, it, it almost seems that way, huh? Yeah, so. Don't make fun of me. Well, no, I'm just saying. So I have no idea which right, way yeah. the Molnupiravir ball is going to break with them, yeah. right? Because they're not coherent or consistent about it. Right. But I'll say this much. If it works, I hope they take it. I hope yeah. everyone takes it who needs it, okay? Yeah. I don't give a shit if you're a shithead and you're an anti-vaxxer and you don't believe in science. I still think that, like, they shouldn't die. That's still what yeah. I think. I don't like people dying. I prefer not. So I hope they take it. You don't think people should ever die? Yeah. What about, like, Adam Driver in The Last Duel? Aw, uh, what? But he's got such a cool voice. He's a rapist, huh? <laughs> I didn't see that movie. <laughs> You've been lo look looking a lot like Johnny Depp these days. <laughs> oh, so wow. Salvage. That's, a, that's okay. complicated. Okay, well, anyway, um, let's call it a day. Let's take a week-long break. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, let's thank Stacy, our sound lord and engineer. Let's thank uh, Brian Allen for artwork. Guys, you can join us at petridish.com slash petri. <laughs> we, we reversed them for once, and we shouldn't have done that because you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> petridishpod at gmail.com is our Gmail account. You can email us at that at that address. Mm-hmm. And then also we got a Twitter account, at dishpodcast. And we have patreon.com slash petridish if you want to toss a buck per month. Guys, we have some sad news. One of our listeners, um, a guy named Tom... Um, his team, Manchester United, lost recently. Oh. So let's all... By 0-5, it's one of the worst defeats in their 130-year wow. history. Holy so shit. Let's, all right, big ups to Tom. Let, let's all give a moment of silence to uh, to Tom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Man U. Yeah, yeah. Is that a way to say Manchester United? It is. It is. Man <laughs> U. <laughs> Goodbye, Man U. Yeah. Au revoir. All right, that's great. All right, <laughs> we'll so probably we'll, cut that. We'll, 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 I don't know. That was kind of fun. We'll see Maybe. y'all next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye.